What's better than free money? How you choose to spend it, of course. Right now, open a new CQ checking account and we'll give you $250 to spend however you like. Upgrade those headphones, splurge on concert tickets, or maybe upgrade to ad-free streaming. The choice is yours. And extra cash isn't all this credit union offers. Do your banking, build credit, and invest in your future. All with CQ. Visit CQMD.org today. That's S-E-C-U-M-D.org today. Hey, did I tell you? So I was listening to this uh, stand-up today. I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about uh, the rooster. And he, anyway, the whole thing was like he was trying to debate if roosters were like dicks or really nice people. Because, like, because, like, you know, roosters in the morning, like, always crow, you know, cock a doodle doo, you know, to wake you up. Right. So that's either like a really nice gesture, like I want to make sure that you get up and moving and don't miss anything that's important during your day. Please wake up. Cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> or it's like, he's a dick. The rooster's up first, and he feels like that. Since he's awake, everybody else has you, to be awake. You need to be awake, Cock-a-doodle-doo, too. wake the fuck up. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I mean, is it possible to be really nice and a dick at the same time? I, I, I don't know. Well, me neither. Play the intro music. This is the Dynasty Happy Hour Podcast Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Jet Set Dynasty Radio. The NFL draft is over, and now is the fun part. We have our landing spots, Brian. We did it, man. It was a long weekend. We we, we finally succeeded through hard work and perseveration. We just didn't kill ourselves before the NFL draft. We're even making, making new words like perseveration, too. Did I say per- preservation? Preservation. I think you mean pre- perseverance. But I'm, urban, I'm urban dictionarying it after this show. Through our preservation <laughs> areas, we have created these landing spots for these players that have nothing to do with us whatsoever, except that we can see them. So great job, Brian! Congratulations, Jet Set Dynasty. Thanks. I think it's like episode eleven of season two now. Um, everyone's been interesting. Can't say that. Yeah, we've had a blast. I mean, there's been some really good landing spots for some guys we really liked, and maybe some iffy landing spots that were for guys that we like too. So, yeah. So Brian and I are going to do, be doing a mock draft today, uh, breaking down the fallout from all the madness that was over the weekend. Um, but before we do that, Brian, I just want to ask you: um, the draft started off hot and intense. On Thursday night, I mean, eight of the first 12 picks in the NFL draft were offensive skill positions of fantasy value. Which one yeah. of those picks shocked you the most? Poof, probably McCaffrey to the Panthers were probably my biggest shocker. See, to me, that's pro- that was probably the least shocking. I mean, I understand Fournette went before him, but I really thought that they were going to get Fournette. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know. McCaffrey, I feel like, had been connected to the Panthers in some regard. I mean, I was much more shocked by Trubisky at two. I about shit my pants. I just, I mean, at least not at two wasn't the shocking part. The Bears selecting him at two was what was shocking to me. Yeah, the Bears, that that was the shocking part. 
what I think what was even more shocking was that every quarterback that got drafted in the first round was traded up to get that player. So those teams had to trade up and give up a lot of draft capital to get these really we don't think they're top notch quarterbacks, really any of these guys. I mean, I like some of the quarterbacks in this draft. I just feel like there's been a lot of uh, split opinions as far as quote-unquote expert go. Um, but I like Trubisky a lot, and I like Mahomes a lot. Um, I think those they both have great uh, outlooks for the NFL level. More concerns about Watson the more I dig into it. Um, but even I thought it was surprising that Houston felt the need to go up and get uh, – Watson at 12, I thought they were going to hang back and get whoever fell to them in their position. Obviously, they're not good enough. Um, the Chiefs pick was also another surprise to me. Um, like I said, Trubisky was shocking because they just hired, they just signed Mike Lennon on this big deal, and then they go ahead and give him the rookie donkey punch of death, if you will. Um, donkey punch of death? Ooh, that doesn't, doesn't sound like fun. Mike Lennon, we're going to pick Trubisky, stick it in the butt, and give you a firm punch to the back of the head. Fuck you. I mean... And I came out that uh, that Glennon was shocked. You know, he felt blindsided that they took this guy. And I mean, can you really blame him? You know, they paid him a decent amount of money. Like he probably knew, you know, oh, I'm going to be a a bridge quarterback for you know two or three years. They'll find somebody, and now you draft somebody what at two? I think like, it was similar to, gonna... to uh, what happened with Bradford in Philadelphia last year. Only, you know. Ex- Glennon was just now supposed to be getting this shot. He hadn't been this established starter that's kind of blown his opportunity already. Yeah, I'm, he really, I mean, that really surprised me. And I think he's, you know, I think what's going to happen is as soon as those, the, the Bears start falling out of the playoff contention, which I think is going to be pretty quickly, you're going to see Glennon bench, and they're going to say, let's see what Trubisky can do. Yeah, um... Other than that, I'm trying to think what else. Like I said, McCaffrey wasn't a surprise to me. Fournette wasn't a surprise. I was surprised that the um, surprised that the Chargers felt the need to go wide receiver so early. I thought they were actually looking sitting fairly well at receiver with Keenan Allen coming back from injury and uh, Terrell Williams having a great season last year, and of course Dontrell Lemon in the slot, and also Travis Benjamin on the roster. I didn't think that wide receiver was a big need for them. Um, Clearly, they felt Mike Williams was something they couldn't pass up at that draft spot. Yeah, I mean, that's right about where they had Mike Williams mocked was, you know, top 10. But uh, maybe does that say something? Do they lose trust in Keenan Allen? Or does it say something about those second-tier guys that they don't think that, you know, Inman and and, uh, Tyra Williams can, can shoulder the load again? At this point, I think it speaks, I don't know, I'm probably downgrading Benjamin a bit. I feel like he's the. I feel like Williams proved he could be effective last year, and I think Keenan Allen taking away targets is only going to help. Um, to me, I see Tyrell Williams as a better fit for a slot role, or even if you put Keenan Allen in the slot, that's dangerous right there, sir. That, that is. man is a brilliant he, route runner and would. He's, he's played some slots. He does, but not exclusively. But now, no. if you have Mike Williams, who can you know almost entirely man the outside, Keenan Allen doesn't even have to play that position anymore. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they deploy those receivers because they got a lot of weapons there now. I mean, that's a really, really potent offense. I thought they added even somebody else in the draft. I suppose we'll get into it um, shortly. Uh, I actually just looking through here. I think they they got both Clemson wideouts. I think they got Artavia Scott they, they to got undrafted Scott. free agency. Um, but the Chargers' offense is certainly looking like one that's going to be improved in twenty seventeen. Uh, but we'll get more into that shortly. Let's let's start this mock draft, Brian. Um, yeah. 
So just Dude. a little bit of promo stuff. Of course, follow the show on Twitter, at Jet Set Dynasty. Phone ringing, fun stuff. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at Dynasty Nut. You can follow Brian on Twitter, at FootballBry15. That's B-R-Y, because Brian doesn't know how to spell Brian. Screw you. At least his mom didn't know how to spell it. No, they don't even, they don't, they don't even call him Brian. They call him BJ. They don't, they don't <laughs> call me that anymore. I'm... That's my younger days. That's not true. I was like at one of your family gatherings, and everybody was calling you BJ. Which I mean, I, I understand well, it. I'm my, like, it's cute. my extended family calls me that more now because they're they're used to it. But they don't really call me that anymore. But it is what it is. I mean, all I'm saying it's a funny name. It is a funny name. You're and I'm saying right. that as somebody who goes through the life with the last name Nutter, I'm allowed to it's say true. that. It's true. Bust some nuts. <laughs> Okay, so uh, how do you want to decide who... So we're going to go back and forth for this mock, obviously. Um, anything else? Oh, any questions or comments about the show, you can email to jetsetdynasty at gmail.com. And, of course, um, if you enjoyed today's podcast, if you would please mention it on Twitter, share it, put a link up to it. Just say, hey, Jet Set Dynasty, good times, good advice. You know, I like football. These guys do, too. Uh, those referrals really help us out. Um, and, of course, that gets you a follow from... The show, myself and Brian's account, we all follow back. We're friendly. And also, um, really big, if you want to help Jetset Dynasty grow, is to leave a review on Stitcher and iTunes. I've been told that those really, um, our reviews really affect how uh, how we're presented and how we're promoted kind of automatically. So, uh, it, friends and family, please go and uh, give us some good ratings. Or bad yeah. ratings, if that's how you feel. I don't want to censor your opinion. I don't. I may not agree with that, but I'll fight to the death. You're right to say it. Um, John Adams, I think. Uh, Peter Griffin, I think. I I, I don't know. I'm not good with quotes. Morgan (laughs) Freeman. (laughs) Uh, Ouch! I've been shot. (laughs) Okay, so Brian, let's let's just do this old fashioned rock paper scissors. Okay, how do we? Um, we'll do rock, paper, scissors, shoot. You make the, make, make the gesture with your hand and then we'll say what it is over the mic. Okay. So ready? So we'll say it. Yeah. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. What you got? I got a rock. I got scissors. So. Oh, okay. You I appreciate win. your honesty. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's rock, paper, scissors. What, what kind of a fucking asshole do you think I am? <laughs> I've known you for a long time. Well, okay. uh, so, so, um, so Brian, do you want to pick first? Do you want to pick second? I'm going to pick first, because we all know who first. you're, you're okay, going to pick so first. so let's start so. this mock draft. Uh, quick transitional noise, please. Okay, Brian is up at 101. We will, of course, um, if you're listening live, uh, there's no live copy of the draft board. But if you're listening on to this recording, you can go over to JetSetDynasty.com. Um, go to the episodes page. This will obviously be the top or if you're listening to an old episode, this will be lower on the list. If you find this show, you can see a copy of this draft board. I will post it as soon as we are done. I promise. I know sometimes I suck with that. Um, so, Brian, at 101, who are you taking? I'm taking Corey Davis. I, I think he had the best landing spot. You know, nobody was really sure what the Titans were going to do with that pick. And I think by going there, he's going to have, you know, he's going to get a lot of the targets there for a very long time. He's got a really good growing young quarterback with Mariota. I think they can get together and have a really, really long and really good relationship. Yeah, I think I remember, I don't know who tweeted it. 
Um, but I, know, I remember seeing a tweet as soon as Corey Davis was picked at 105. Somebody said, now I see why there wasn't any buzz about him because everybody wanted Corey Davis. Yeah. Uh, I thought for sure, I, I even said it on this podcast, I said I thought for sure that uh, Mike Williams would be the first wide receiver off the board, but that wasn't the case. He was uh, he was the third, right? No, he was second. He was no, second. he was the second. He was second. Um, so I wasn't too wrong. Still, I was like I said, with everything seemed quiet on the Corey Davis front, I was surprised. I was definitely surprised to see him go 105. Another uh, shit my pants pick. I what probably ruined like my whole wardrobe during the first 12 <laughs> picks of the NFL draft. Um, you know, because uh, of the shit. Hey, you can't go wrong though. I mean, it was a, definitely a shocker. I mean, I can't, you can't go wrong with shit. I mean, everybody poops, Jordan. Not in their not. I, okay, I guess everybody at one point or another has shit their pants. If you haven't, then uh, are, you were you, not- did you see? I think Skeet actually <laughs> just tweeted this last week. He said he has his like one of his biggest fears is yeah like, pooping his pants as an adult. That's true. It is. That, uh, that's a real real fear. I, the Skeet is my mortal enemy, but Skeet knows the <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, so you're up one hundred two here. One hundred two. I am tempted to go Christian McCaffrey. Um, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick to my guns and go Joe Mixon here. Um, I still like the landing spot. Cincinnati Bengals is um, who a lot of people thought would draft him, who ended up drafting him, and I, I know there's a little bit of competition there with Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard. Obviously, they have not put together. Um, I wouldn't. They wouldn't say an impressive resume at the NFL level, and their jobs are certainly up for grabs. Um, I personally think that the Bengals are trying to emulate the Steelers a bit. Um, trying to go out and get their own Le'Veon Bell with this Joe Mixon selection, um, and I think I think it's a really good pick. I think he's going to add a lot of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. He's definitely going to be a new force in their offense, something that they haven't had before. This player who um, can break off these big runs with these his electric catches and his uh, he's definitely a much different runner than Jeremy Hill. Much smarter runner, much more intelligent, much more patient. And I think that uh, all in all, Joe Mixon is going to be a tremendous addition to the Cincinnati Bengals offense and a tremendous addition to any dynasty football roster. Yeah, I mean, people were kind of when – I, when I first saw this pick, I was like, uh, I don't know, dude. Like, there's a lot of competition there. But after, after the dust kind of settled and I thought about it again, you look at it and he is by far the best of those three running backs – and I, usually when in these kind of situations, the talent rises to the top. So I don't think there's any real concern about it. Okay. So, Brian, back on the board at 103. And where are you going here? I am going to go Christian McCaffrey. A guy that, my, my surprise landing spot, my oh shit moment. Uh, he went to the Panthers there. I was really excited at first when that happened. And then I saw that they drafted Curtis Samuel, so the people are worried that they're going to get, you know, they're going to fight for targets and things like that. I still think McCaffrey's going to really be the workhorse back there. You know, Jonathan Williams is done. You know, they've got nobody else back there, so I think he's really going to carry the load for these guys. He's going to carry it from day one. Jo- Jonathan Stewart. Jonathan Stewart. Who did I say? He said Jonathan Williams. Jonathan Williams. I don't even know who that. Is. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan Williams, Buffalo Jonathan. Bills. Like I said, uh, but, she's yeah. Shane McCoy's backup right now, but that's yeah, not here nor there. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Jonathan Stewart. But yeah, I mean, I think they're going to use his pass catching ability. They're going to get the ball in his hands in space, and he's going to make an impact day one, no doubt. Yeah, I think uh, my only worry is that um, I, I think they're going to 
change the offense to use Christian McCaffrey. I know some people are concerned about how he's going to fit into Carolina. Um, the worry about his targets share and that sort of thing. I think that Christian McCaffrey is somebody that you draft and you have to use. You need to you uh, work your offense around him, and I think that's really the only reason you would ever consider taking a running back that high at 104, at 108, is if like this is a centerpiece of your offense, and I think that's definitely true for Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. Um, yeah. What I, I, there was something else I wanted to say. Oh. Um, quick sidebar. Uh, you, you know the hats that they all wear? Everybody gets a hat whenever they get selected. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about this with JB during the draft, but go ahead. I know. I think I know where you're going with this. Do they have, like, guys whose job it is to just go to these, like, draftees' houses and just fucking give them hats? Well, I bet what happens is before the draft, you know, because they have to declare where they're going. You know, if they got invited, are they going to go to the to the draft are they going to the NFLPA party or are they staying at home? And I think they supply them with a box of all 32 hats. And and because who cares? How much do those hats cost to make? Well, see, I mean, here's you the were, thing. I want to think that there's actually a guy who's going to these houses with a box of 32 hats. I don't want to think they just give them a box of 32 hats. It just ruins the magic. No, there's dude. There's some they, guy whose name <laughs> is Hat Guy. Hat Guy? Panthers, congratulations. Gives them the hat takes his box and walks out and goes to somebody who's going to be picked on round in day two. Oh, so you're saying that there's just one guy for, or are you saying there's, there, there's like a set of these guys. I'm saying be, there's 32, um, hat condosaurs of the NFL. This is my, you know, there has to be right. No, that, that doesn't make it's, There's Amazon. Do they just ship him the shit? You need to ship everybody 32 hats. That's so much overhead. Are you okay? It's overhead for us. Cause we pay what? 35 bucks for each of those hats. It probably cost them like five dollars to make those hats. Well, here's the thing. I mean, if the NFL wants my tax money to you to build their fucking stadiums, and they're just going around shipping thirty one extra hats to these motherfuckers that they're not even yeah. allowed to wear because they don't play for them teams. I, I I'm not disagreeing with you. I I mean, they shouldn't take my tax money to build a stadium that I have to pay to walk into anyways. But all right, we're we're, we're veering here. We're okay, veering. One oh four. I'm back on the clock. Um. I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna go a bit bold here because, of course, this is a PPR draft. Um, who, who the fuck does standard anymore? It's 2017. I'm gonna go Dalvin Cook at 104. Ooh, okay. Over Leonard Fournette because of the pass catching ability. I don't see how the Jaguars are. Can't. I don't see how they're gonna be able to justify having Leonard Fournette on the field for three downs. I don't think it's gonna happen. I just think it's unfeasible, especially when you have T.J. Yeldon, who is good in the pass game who certainly could provide more on third down, um, potentially in a pass-blocking uh, aspect, uh, you know, in that frame, and as well as, uh, you know, actually catching the ball. Um, so for that reason, like I said, PPR draft, I'm going to take Dalvin Cook here. Love the Minnesota Vikings landing spot. Immediately he's going to be pushed into a role. I don't <laughs> – barring injury, I think he's going to get a good number of carries week one. Probably at the expense of Latavius Murray, possibly at the expense of Jarek McKinnon. Regardless, um, the Vikings traded up. They wanted him. They got him. I'm taking Dalvin Cook 104. Yeah, I was going to challenge you there for a second and uh, in terms of Yeldon's pass catching ability, but he caught 50 balls last year, and that was in that stupid timeshare with Chris Ivory. So, I mean, Chris Ivory's still on the roster for the moment. Right. I don't know how and, his contract was written up or the details of the deal. 
Um, so I'm not sure if he's even like if cutting him is even a possibility. But I mean, if if Ivory's on the roster, you have to think that Ivory's going to get work. I mean, just because you drafted Leonard Fournette at 104, you can't justify having all this dead cap in Chris Ivory, right? Yeah, they they gave him a pretty decent salary, if I recall. Yeah, they so, overpaid him. At 100%, yeah. they paid him way too much. Yeah, I mean, if you paid him more than the vet minimum, you probably overpaid for him. But I, I mean, everybody said it was an overpaid deal at the time, whenever they signed him. Now everybody's really saying it's overpaid after he underperformed last season. Um, he's actually untouched in... The Dynasty Happy Hour League that we're doing, he's untouched. He hasn't been nominated. Uh, I haven't checked that today, man. Oh, I totally forgot. And we're at the but. point the guys that be, are being nominated are like, if, if you're not deep in Dynasty football, you wouldn't know the names. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, nominated it's... Sharon Peak today. That's who I nominated. Just to give you yeah. an idea of what's going on. <laughs> no, what's not, no one wants Chris Ivory. No, yeah, that's insane to me. <laughs> I'd rather keep my dollar. I'll go get an HP. <laughs> Yeah. Can I take that dollar? Yeah, okay. Okay. Brian, 105. 105, I am going to take... Mm, I'm going to take Mike Williams here. Ooh. Ahead, ahead of Lenny. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, when it comes to the Chargers, it's it's tough, but I think that he's going to have a... Uh, he'll have time to develop... I, you know he may not he may not produce for you week one or even season one, but I think you give him time. You know if he learns from Keenan Allen, I mean that could be a really dangerous duo there. Uh, you kind of you add in the fact that you know these other guys really don't match him in terms of talent. You know the the Inmans and the Williams uh, different skill sets, and I think Mike Williams is a better overall prospect. So I, I like him here at 105. I think you know I think he's got a better long term ceiling than uh, than Leonard Fournette and some of these other guys on the board. I mean, you're just kind of you're right now. You're just kind of playing the narrative. Wide receivers typically last longer. This is PBR league, um, so you're pretty much just playing that narrative to justify Mike Williams over Leonard yeah. Fournette. I mean, pr- pretty much at this point, you know, if you're in a win now, I mean, obviously, I mean, people are going to take Leonard Fournette 101 still. And so this still goes to show that even now, landing spots really haven't made much of a difference in terms of this top six. I feel like Leonard Fournette is just so stereotypically NFL exciting. You know, like the the Bo Jacksons. You know, like I, I mean, and if, I mean Leonard Fournette basically is a Bo Jackson clone. Like, look up like their metrics, and it's pretty fucking similar. Right. Um, speaking of which, you want to play tech? Want to play some tech mobile after this? <laughs> I'm the Raiders. I'm Bo Jackson. Anyway, um, so obviously 106. I'm going Leonard Fournette. Uh, I feel like <laughs> it's tough to lose if you're picking at 106 in a lot of these drafts because you're probably going to wind up with a steal. Um, whether it be Dalvin Cook, whether it be Christian McCaffrey, whether it be Joe Mixon. Um, once we get to 107, I think it's where the the water the waters become muddied a bit for certain. Um, and even in a two QB league, I think Mitch Trubisky is probably in the conversation for these top six picks, as well as potentially Mahomes or Watson, um, just based on how uh, your league kind of values them. I know in the Superflex league that we're in, quarterbacks are worth their weight in gold. Yeah, I mean, they definitely are in any Superflex league because, you know, if you have two starting ones that are, you know, if you have two top 12 quarterbacks, that's a really good, you're in a really good spot. You're yeah, in a I, position. I, I, take, I take umbrage with that, though. You, you you like that phrase? I take umbrage with that. I I mean I guess that's a, that's fancy fancier than what we usually do here at JSD. Yeah, I, I mean yo, oh, you said JSD getting really fancy. Acronyms. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Jet Set Dynasty is too long to say. Ooh, 
Um, clap, clap, clap. Yeah, I take umbrage with that. I don't even remember what I was saying because I got excited about saying umbrage. <laughs> I forget what we were talking about, too, actually. Oh, man, this is embarrassing. I got uh, so excited to break out my new vocabulary word that what? I forgot okay, what the fuck I wanted to say. We're talking about Fernet. We were talking about Bo Jackson. Then we were talking about... Shit, dude. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm staring at the draft board. I'm staring at my computer here. I'm like, what were we just talking about? It's completely gone. What did you take, Brian? <laughs> what did you What did you take umbrage with? Damn it! Like, I, I don't know. Maybe you'll come back to me. Um, let's it, just play the draft noise to make people forget it. <laughs> one oh seven, Brian. Okay, one oh seven. I'm taking my dude Kareem Hunt landing spot with the Chiefs. This oh. has been this is this has been one of my draft crushes for since the beginning of uh, 2017 here. And I think he landed in a great spot with the Chiefs. I mean, Spencer Ware kind of tailed off at the end there. They were clearly looking to add something. And I think Kareem Hunt is going to be a great fit for that offense. Yeah, I'm not, I've obviously not been as excited as you are about Kareem Hunt throughout this entire process. Um, but the landing spot is good. Um, the Chiefs obviously looking to run the ball a lot, looking for somebody to take on more of a load. Um, I'm not sure that Kareem Hunt just completely supplants uh, Spencer Ware in year one. Um, Spencer Ware is somebody I'm considering selling right now. Uh, but at the same time, I think this is much more telling um, of, Char- of what Sharkhandrick West is, is capable of. I think Kareem Hunt becomes the instant handcuff to Ware with a strong possibility to overtake him at some point during the season, um, especially if he goes down with injury. I think that's he experienced some problems last year, right? Yeah, yeah, he he was fighting injury. I don't know if he missed any games, but he was he was fighting injuries all year. I would I would go as far to say that this isn't a handcuff to Spencer Ware. I think they're going to start as kind of a, a two headed monster, uh, just because that's kind of I mean it's what the NFL is now. I mean if you don't have you know David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell, you're pretty much running some sort of committee backfield. So if, if Spencer Ware played like he looks like he should play, I'd say yeah. But at the same time, Spencer Ware, um, good on early downs and also very surprisingly good in the pass game. Um, so I think Ware might it might be more of a 1A and 1B situation. Um, but like I said, I'm not, I'm not sure that Kareem Hunt gets immediate playing time. I, I think I think he's going to carve out a role there pretty quickly. Uh, was he drafted I, second round? Or I thought he, it was was, thir- is it third? he was drafted, yeah, third, third round pick 22. So third 86 overall. 22. That's not yeah. That's not incredibly high. Where I feel like they're in a position that they have to start him. But I just think that, like I said, I I think his talent is much much better than Spencer Ware's, and I think that you know there, there's definitely going to be a running back by committee there. But I think there's just going to take an injury or something like that. And that's got to remember Spencer Ware produced one year, not even a full year. We get really enamored with these guys like Spencer Ware and Jordan Howard that burst out of the gates. But we see it time and time again where they really falter in the second and third years and they become one-hit wonders. Where's had a year and a half. He he ended 20, uh, 2015 strong and then picked it up with a strong 2016. Still. I I mean, so that, that's a full year, uh, you know, of production if you take the first half or the back half in the first half of 15-16. But... Okay. So, moving on. Yeah, yeah, moving, we're moving on. on. I say so. I mean, it's my show. I don't know why the God. fuck I'm asking you. You need my permission. I don't need, I don't need shit from you, Brian. Go, go, why don't you go you sit need... on a sharp dick, you piece of shit? It'd 108, really 108 Juju Smith-Schuster. Ooh, Juju. 
selected towards the end of the third round by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I said, I, I'm, I love the landing spot. I really do. Um, I think a lot of people are going to get, uh, you know, kind of disappointed in it because there's no, there's obviously not very much of an immediate path to production. Um, but I'm okay with that. I think Ju- Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, um, with the Steelers, is going to be put in a position to perform better over the long term than he will uh, in the short term, which at I, I, 108, I'm definitely willing to take. Yeah, he was picked in the second round, not the end of the third round. Oh, end of the, but, even, oh yeah, because that's right. Connor yeah. was end of the third round. Connor was end of the third round. So, yeah, this is a guy that in, in our pre-draft rookie draft, so before the NFL draft, I got at 112. And they did this. They made the pick. They called the pick, and I'm sitting there. Ah, okay, it was round two, so I was a, or you know, oh wait, no, this is day two. Yeah, so I wasn't drinking yet, but um, at first I was like, man, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you know, Juju's going to Steelers. He's in that crowded, crowded wide receiver room, and then same thing again. It's kind of set in. It's like, you know what? I'm really okay with this. I really, really like this pick. I mean, you, you're right. If if you're drafting at 108 to 110, you chance are you you had a playoff spot. Sorry, 108 to 112. You were in the playoffs, so you've probably got a decent team. So if you're all right with weight and you don't need you know immediate production, which you shouldn't really expect from any any rookie, much less a rookie wide receiver. No, no. The, I mean, if you if I mean I, I get you like Kareem Hunt, but I would say like I would point like if I was just looking at this mock, I'd point to Kareem Hunt over Juju Smith Schuster as some idiot just chasing immediate production, which to me I mean, is, usually, is always a mistake. I mean, I, I mean, we both just said that we don't think Cream Hunt's going to be, you know, an immediate, immediate force. You know, he's he's going to be split in time with Spencer Ware to start with. Yeah, and I'm just saying, like, if but, I was just looking at this, it's right. all Cream Hunt over Juju Smith-Schuster. I'd say, oh, right. somebody's thinking Juju is Cream Hunt's getting a starting job right at the bat. Juju Smith's behind Martavis and Antonio Brown and Eli Rogers yeah. and Sammy can Coates. We, can um, we talk about? Can we talk about the Twitter beef? Did you see that? No. What 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 Twitter you, you beef? Didn't, you didn't see the Twitter beef. So Juju got drafted, and people started tweeting to Martavis Bryant, and Martavis Bryant tweets back in a really poorly written tweet that said, "Y'all think what you want to think. That's Sammy Coates's replacement, not mine." He he, he actually <laughs> fucking said that. Well, he he said he said he spelled mine m i n d like like the non-existent brain that he smoked away. So, so he he said that he didn't at Sammy, but Sammy quote tweeted it with the waving goodbye emoji. Oh my god! What, and then to to- and then to top it off, this? wait wait wait, there's more, Jordan. Jordan, there's more. No, there can't and be more. To top it off, Coach Tomlin at Mike Tomlin tweets both of them and says, "Play nice, boys." I didn't even know Mike Tomlin was on Twitter. <laughs> I, I didn't either, to be honest. I mean, we we're in Pittsburgh, so we see all like the no, evil Mike Tomlin and stuff like that. Like I, f- those... I feel like there's no. I don't think Mike Tomlin has a Twitter. He he is he's on there, dude. He's verified. Well, at Mike Tomlin is just some average fucking smoke. You know, nobody. I think it's some dud. It's at Coach Tomlin. At Coach Tomlin. You can see it. Play ah, nice. Boys. There it, it is. It, it's the last tweet he's had. Play nice, boys. At the best, you know, and at Sammy Coates eleven. <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> I love is <laughs> Martavis Bryant's Twitter is the best, you know, like the best Uno, well, like the card game. <laughs> see, I, I thought it was the best Uno, like the best one. 
I think it's like the best you know. Like that that, that makes more sense to me. Regardless, I, I don't know. It's, it's a questionable handle to say the least. <laughs> it's such a strange handle because it's it's not the best. It's the t h a the best. Okay, but anyway, back to the idea. Basically, um, I, I feel that chasing immediate opportunity over a better over who you feel is a better player will always bite you in the ass in the end. Always, always. One oh nine, Brian. One oh nine. I'm gonna take. My other draft crush, wide receiver Zay Jones. Oh, Zay Jones, Buffalo Bills, early second round. To the Bills. So the Bills just announced today that they are not picking up the fifth-year option on Sammy Watkins, which I actually asked this in our in the DHH chat today, does that help or hurt Sammy Watkins' value? And, I mean, that's a debate in itself. But So they drafted this guy pretty early, second round, right? And... Uh, yeah, I like what this guy brings to the table. We've talked about it before. Possession receivers, got good metrics, good numbers, good hands. Obvious yeah. room for uh, a receiving threat there in Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, who's who's on the other side of him, of Sammy Watkins right now? Uh, it's not Robert Woods because he's gone. Mark Mark Kowice Goodwin? Is it the, Goodwin? The, 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 the the long jump guy from the Olympics, right? I, didn't they add somebody? Percy Harvin? Did he plays for the Bills? No. Is it... Uh, is it Derek Mason? Did he come out of retirement? Uh, oh, they added... Oh, wait. Who the fuck is that? Who was the one wide receiver Andre that Jones? played for the Bills for, like, ever? Uh, and he played for Baltimore. Lee Evans. Is who Lee I'm Evans, Lee yeah. Evans. Yeah, I love Lee Evans, dude. <laughs> There's a throwback for you. Lee but, Evans. Yeah, So, but yeah, I mean, Zay Jones slides right into a starting spot across Sammy Watkins because clearly we can't think of who starts a, you know on the other side of him right now. So, I mean, and then who knows what happens if he if he shows well and they don't sign Sammy Watkins, which I don't think they will. Uh, you know, he could slide into a wide receiver one role there. Oh, by the way, Dalvin Cook was picked 209 in the NFL draft. Just a... Oh, <laughs> that's a running joke for us, but... Yeah, it's a, they're basically, to sum the joke up in 20 seconds, somebody offered a ridiculous trade to somebody else for A.J. Green... It was like pick two oh nine for AJ Green, which obviously is the most absurd thing that you could possibly offer another human being. Um, <laughs> it's basically a war crime. You, you might as well be, you know, gassing children. Um, but anyway, so wow. now the running joke in our main league is uh, two oh nine for whatever. It's two oh nine is just somehow this this recurring joke. If you see two oh nine, you take a picture of it, you send it to everybody in the league. Everybody goes ha. And we move on with our lives. Yeah. So, yeah. So they added Corey Brown from Carolina and Andre Holmes from Oakland to their wide receiver corpse. So they really bolstered it up there. Oh, so two guys who can work in the slot. Fun. Fun. So, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I like Zay Jones there, too. I mean, he's a guy that has a chance at really long-term production. So next, I'm going to take, uh, we're here at 110. I'm going to take Chris Godwin. Whom I still love, and I also and I also love the landing spot. Um, I'll be interested to Tam- see how they decide. Tampa Bay, to- right? That? Tampa Bay, yeah. B- Bampa Tay. They went to the Bampa Tay Tuccaneers. Um, th- yeah. So now uh, that's a stacked receiving core. You get the fact that they drafted OJ Howard in the first. So OJ Howard, Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, and Chris Godwin. I don't know how they're going to deploy them. I think it would be amazing if they decided to put Mike Evans in the slot and Godwin and Deshaun Jackson on the outside. I don't think they're going to do that. Exactly. But, I, but I'm afraid what they're going to try and do is put Deshaun Jackson in the slot, which I think won't work. 
I don't think Deshaun no. Jackson is agile enough to work. Yeah, he's spot. he's a straight line speed guy, and uh, I mean, what I see them doing here is that I, I, you know, you take you you sign Deshaun Jackson this year. He probably has what a two or three year deal. You let Godwin kind of learn, and then you know once it's time to let Deshaun go, or once Deshaun starts kind of really going downhill, you plug in Chris Godwin, and you don't really skip a beat. Yeah, I think I mean Chris Godwin to me has wide receiver one upside. I think I I think a lot of Chris Godwin, um, he's somebody that I am targeting in most, if not all, of my drafts, and he got I think third round pick right. Third round pick. Third round pick. Um, yeah, pick the Buccaneers' offense should be high powered this in twenty seventeen. Yeah. So yeah, Deshaun Jackson signed, signed a three year thirty five million dollar contract, which is actually pretty big twenty mil guaranteed. So he, yeah, he, I mean, he signed for three years, isn't he thirty yeah, one? Yeah, he is. No, he is thirty. He'll be thirty one on December first. So that's a big deal for for a guy on the wrong side of thirty. But I think that's one of those deals where I mean, there's there's twenty million guaranteed. So, but they you know who knows that doesn't really mean anything in the NFL. But I could see him you know one two more good years, then he starts slowing down. Like all right, we're gonna make you a situational guy and let Chris Godwin take the wheel. Okay, so moving on, uh, 111, Brian. I already typed it in here. Uh, I'm taking the other Tampa Bay Buccaneers selection here, OJ Howard, uh, still my top tight end. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it, this is this kind of plug-and-play. We were surprised a little bit because Cameron Brait did pretty well. He, he, didn't he, he was tied for the league, uh, league lead in uh, touchdowns for tight I'm ends, I think. positive Cameron Brait was a tight end one last season. So take from, I mean, from at that point. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, he was a tight end one last year. And but you know, so OJ Howard is definitely a better talent than 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 he is. So it'll be interesting to see what they do here. I mean, two two tight end sets are still a thing. Give uh give Jameis a couple more formations to play with and uh I think that he he had a really really nice spot there. Okay. So back to me at 112. Uh this is this is a tough pick. Um I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna make this pick based on pure value. I'm gonna take John Ross here at 112. Wow! Just because in a draft, if I was actually sitting at 112 and John Ross was on the board, I'd have to take him because I could feel like I could trade him for a mint. So, so, so I'm surprised that you you pick him here. I see your logic, but you picked him here over Alvin Kamara, who slid out of the first round. I I, I do I still really like Alvin Kamara. Um. But I don't. I think I'm. I think I'm still gonna be able to get him at two hundred two, given how this is. Um, but I feel like John Ross has more immediate value. Um, somebody that I can flip sooner. And I don't, there's just other guys I feel like I can grab. But I don't need Alvin Kamara right now. Um, I mean, I mean, there's guys I feel like I can target with the same kind of upside. Yeah, this is probably one of those guys where you kind of have to pick him here because neither of us in real life would ever really take him before he's going to get drafted. So this kind of evens out our draft war a little bit. It kind of removes our bias. Yeah, so that's good what job, I'm trying to good do. job on Regardless, that. I mean, if you're sitting at 112, John Ross is there. I'd recommend taking him because you could like you're gonna flip him to somebody who wants that 422 speed. And even if not, if you pick a guy at one 109, you have to get him into the lineup. Like the Bengals will force John Ross into the lineup faster than he should be. I don't even think the Bengals really need receiver help personally. I think I mean, uh, if they had just given Tyler Boyd the job over Brandon LaFell, problem solved. Receiving I depth. Mean, 
good. There's, def- there's definitely a skill set difference between Boyd and Ross. But, I mean, Andy Dalton is a candy arm kind of quarterback, isn't he? I mean, he's not known for these big, deep throws. And, I mean, that's where John Ross is going to excel. I mean, I get maybe you want to stretch the field, let, you know, let A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd and Brandon LaFoe work under you and Tyler Eifert. But I just I don't I don't see it there. I just really didn't like that pick in the real draft. You know, you don't add a complimentary piece at 109. I, I, and I don't know. I feel like they might be thinking that. Um, I, I don't even know. I, I don't know what they're thinking with this pick. I don't either, dude. I mean, that, such a head scratcher. One, like we figured. Then we. I mean, we both said, okay, John Ross was going to go in the first round. I mean, you know, we thought he might even be the first wide receiver off the board because we I didn't thought know his that, injuries were going to bring him down. I really did. And they didn't. I mean, obviously, if you go at one and nine, you can't say very much brought you down at all. Right. Um, regardless, good, good dynasty value there. Um, you don't like him, you can trade him. If you like him, uh, it's, it's a good pick. Yeah. So, so we want to recap. The first round is completed. Uh, th- to intentionally cut you off, Brian, uh, just to recap the round real quick, Corey Davis. That's what I was saying. Joe sure. Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Mike Williams, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Juju Smith-Schuster, Zay Jones, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, and John Ross. Uh, Brian, I was curious, uh, did you get to see the title of the episode before we started? No, I didn't. Oh, okay. Um, it, it, I Well, I had to think of something on the spot because I don't name these shows after like I used to anymore. Uh, so I named it Mock Draft and Cockfights. And then the show okay. description is Jordan Bryan holding an illegal dynasty rookie mock draft in the back of a, the abandoned butcher shop on the wharf. I don't even know what a wharf is, but I feel like I've heard of that in action movies. And I end it with, then things get crazy, dot, dot, dot. So are we going to get crazier than a cockfight in the wharf? No, wait, there's no, there's nothing in the description about a cockfight. It's an illegal dynasty rookie mock draft in the back of an abandoned butcher shop on the wharf. I feel like we should have went to an abandoned you know, butcher shop in the wharf. I feel like that's a, we'd have to be very fortunate to find an abandoned butcher shop in a wharf that we could get into. That's true. I don't know if there are butcher shops on wharfs. I, I'm with you. I don't really know what a wharf is. If anybody has a picture, if anybody lives on a wharf and are, or, or lives near a wharf and you could supply us with a picture, please tweet it to at Jet Set Dynasty. Um, well, there, there is a wharf in Pittsburgh. There's the Mon Wharf. And I think it just references some place that's close to water. I thought Wharf was like a bad name for short people. I think Dwarf? Yeah, that's why I said Wharf. They're short people. They're Wharfs. Alright, pick 201. <laughs> Who's up here? Me. You, bitch. Who am I going to take? Hmm. So this is where it starts getting a little muddy. I, I, don't mean, take... all, I mean, at 201, there's a lot of players on the board. We still have Ingram and Joku still on the board. Um, still looking at Kamara, and as well as that next tier of running backs. Um, there's, a, there's a bunch of different ways you can go here. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways here. And I think this is going to be me evening out this draft board again. And uh, I'm going to take Alvin Kamara here at 201. Oh, so you're not a fan of Alvin Kamara here. I mean, I, at 201, I, I'm a, I would probably end up taking him here as well if he fell me. But this is the same thing, you know. He went to an interesting situation. He went to the Saints, and who just signed Peterson and have Mark Ingram. So I just saw a Roto World, Roto World blurb that says that he's going to be used in that Reggie Bush, Darren Sproles type of role, which is interesting to me because Mark Ingram can catch the ball. Like That's, that's just smoke, Brian. So what, what do you think is Alvin Kamara's role then? I don't. I'm not sure that they rush to give him an immediate role. 
I'm not sure that he's needed. I think Mark Ingram will handle the majority of the passing down work. I think the carries are going to be split between Ingram and Peterson. I don't think there's going to be any rush to get Kamara immediately involved. I think he'll uh, get a carry. You know, I, I think he'll get some work. Um, but I don't think he's going to be forced. I think he's going to. Uh, I think it's going to take a little time before he gets up to NFL speed, and that's not necessarily why he dropped um, here for me. Like he, here, uh, previously, I feel like we I've talked about taking him in the 107 to 110 range. It's not because I'm afraid of that New Orleans Saints landing spot. Really, has nothing to do with that. I just get excited about other ones, and obviously, I felt I had to take John Ross for um, the draft's sake. Uh, but at 201, I really like the value you're getting with Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I mean, but. The only way that I see Kamara kind of sneaking in here, he is he is with the Saints. I mean, look at look at how the Saints used running backs last year. I mean, Tim Hightower had value. Uh, Tra- Tavares Cadet had value. You know, they were sneaking into the goal line and taking things away from uh, from Mark Ingram. Now, maybe that's Adrian Peterson this year. Probably is going to be. But they're just such a question mark at running back week in and week out. But see, the thing is, I don't think that Kamara is really dynamic enough. To fill in, um, I don't know that Sproles role. I don't think he's. I don't think he has that enough electricity. I mean, I don't. So you, maybe we're we're valuing the term Sproles role differently. I feel but, like when you're basically saying he's going to be the receiving back, is that I mean that's pretty much. That, I mean that's what I would say the Sproles role is, and I don't yeah, know that's if what that's. I and I mean I just don't think that I, I don't know. I just think that's a, not a situation that Kamara might really you know succeed or thrive in. Um, I, mean, I think they might be better served just keep leaving Ingram on the field and using him in passing situations. I mean, I would agree. I'm a I'm a Mark Ingram believer, but I mean, I from the tape that I watch of Alvin Kamara, there was a lot of outside runs. You know, the the pitches or the outside handoffs outside the tackle, and you know those catches out there, the, sh- the short screens and things like that. And that's kind of what that Darren Sproles role means to me, at least. Uh, to me, I feel like Alvin Kamara is a little bit less of an open field artist as somebody I would look to like fill that role. Um, but granted, I mean, if they're going to throw him into that, maybe he, I, I mean, I might be wrong. Who knows? Who, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like his upside more as like somebody who's getting, um, you know, 10, 15 carries a game and being used in the passing game, which I think it might be a year or two before we see that. So moving on to 202. Um, here, I am going to stray a little bit off my board, and I'm going to pick Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram before Njoku. I'm going to pick Evan Ingram before, uh, before, is it Njoku or just Joku? I don't know anymore. I, I, everybody says Njoku, and at this point, if everyone's saying Njoku, it's got to be right. I'm going to say Njoku because my personal opinion on the matter is that if you don't want me to say the N, change your name and get rid of the fucking N. You know, I'm not going to hold your hand through this shit. You know how to fix it. But uh, I'm going to take Ingram just because I feel like Ingram could, might was probably going to be used in almost a wide receiver-esque fashion. Um, I think they still might deploy some sets where uh, it, basically four receivers on the field where Ingram is might be split out in the t- like as a tight end, but not really as a tight end. He's somebody that they're, I think the Giants are going to use as a mismatch nightmare. And that I'm excited for. Sign me up, 203, 202. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a a guy that's it's kind of a question mark. But the plus there is you're right. You're basically getting a wide receiver that you can plug in at the tight end spot in your lineup. 
and I, that's really where the value is for me. I, they, they even say he's not he's not an inline blocker. Now I hope to God they don't try and make him an inline blocker because that's you know he, then he's just going to fall down the depth chart. Leave Will Ty and Larry O'Donnell to do that. You know, yeah. That work. Right now, if I'm picking one of these tight ends to break like the stigma of uh, the long transition time for tight ends to the NFL. I'm picking Evan Ingram just because I feel like he'll be asked to play the least tight end as playing as a tight end. Are you confused by that statement? Because I know I am. I get what you mean there. And I I think what I see for Evan Ingram for at least his first year is they're, they're not going to overload him. They're going to give him two or three packages where they feature him. You know, he's going to go out for, he's going to go out for the, can you, all right, am I back? We cut out there for a sec. Yeah, you're here. Okay, good. But yeah, I think they're going to give him a couple of red zone packages maybe and, you know, one or two regular packages, you know, just so he can get his feet wet. But I think he's going to be a tight or a touchdown dependent guy at early in his career. And then, you know, as he gets better, who knows what happens? Maybe he evolves a little more. I think I saw something that if you bump Ingram to wide receiver, his uh, most comparable player is Brandon Marshall. Which uh, that's that's pretty good, isn't it? It, it is. I mean, well, yeah, because we said that because they added Brandon Marshall in the offseason. And yeah, maybe that's that's really just that's really just coincidence. It is, yeah, it's luck. Or but is it, it? The universe so, is rarely so lazy, Brian. Did you tweet it, or did somebody else tweet it that uh, who's going to play tight end, Brandon Marshall or Evan Ingram? Somebody tweeted that. It wasn't me. I mean, I'm too busy tweeting pictures of uh, <laughs> ethnic dogs that I find on Google. Which what? Was an honest to God. I don't know. I I was googling shit one night and I typed Asian dog, and it returned like a dog eating rice with like a patty hat on, and then I I typed uh, Mexican dog and I got one wearing a poncho with a sombrero on. I, I don't know. And I just uh, honestly that entertained me for a good twenty minutes while I was just googling <laughs> ethnic dogs. Uh, I, I, I don't know how you Brian? got there, man. That's that's an interesting one. Um. <laughs> <laughs> your your mind works in mysterious ways. If if you only I? knew, Brian. If you only knew. Hmm. Who do I like here? I feel like for me, the best player available right now is is Najoku. So I'm going to take David Najoku here, who was drafted to the Browns. I'm glad you took him because if you didn't, I was probably going to have to at 204. I agree. I, I think uh, David David and Joku is still a first round talent at 203. I think it's tremendous value. Um, just we talked about Njoku a good bit before the show. If you haven't listened, go back and um, touch on it. But the Browns is a good landing spot, um, and even they are showing tremendous. Yeah, I was going to bring this up. Yeah, th- th- this is almost like a bigger story than them just drafting Njoku. They immediately turn around and cut Gary Barnage. Poor fella. He's gone. It, Poor guy. Vamos. He'll, he'll obviously. I think he'll resurface somewhere else. No, there's not. It's not like he wasn't. He wasn't cut because injury reasons. Um, they cut him to save cap, and I, I guess they have that much faith in David and Joku. I don't know. They. <coughs> I think they have another tight end on the roster that's kind of uh, that might have a little bit of sneaky sleeper appeal. Yeah, I I think the main reason they cut him is this is obviously not a team that's winning right now. So, you know, having a 30-plus-year-old tight end on your roster really doesn't fit what you're doing if he's going to take snaps away from your young, early-picked uh, tight end. Their other tight end is Seth Devolve. Yes, Devolve. I've seen, D- D- I've seen some sleeper buzz around. Uh, I think it's I think it's Devolve. I think you're right the first time. 
So, yeah, I mean, I that's a great spot for him there. I mean, who knows what quarterback starts there or how, <laughs> should I say, how many quarterbacks start there. But uh, between Corey Coleman, Kenny Britt, and now David Njoku, you know, that's a pretty he's, – he's probably their second option in the pass attack, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'd say I, I'd say so. Um, uh, maybe with 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 Terrell Pryor gone, this this wide receiver corpus does not look. But they brought good. but they signed in Britt. They brought Britt in, right? And but I mean, Britt is definitely a drop off from Pryor. At least when you saw what Pryor did last year. Yeah, they're very different but, players. Stuff to, but yeah. to compare. Pritt, Britt's underrated, but I still yeah. So maybe he's he's the third option there. But still, uh, real chance to make some noise early in his career for sure. So that brings us to 204 for Jordan. 204. Hmm. Uh, there's a couple different ways. Do I want to go for Deontay Foreman? Do I want to go for Taewon Taylor or Carlos Henderson? I could, I could say fuck you to everybody and pick Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. So what, what you're thinking here, I would say that to me, as I'm looking at this and how this lined up, this is kind of the drop-off for me, isn't it? Like this is where there's kind of an, an obvious drop in talent. Yeah, I'd say so. Right 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 around here is where I think I think it really becomes a matter of opinion a lot more than just a matter of uh just kind of consensus. Yeah, cuz I mean, I was looking at like who am I going to take? Carlos Henderson, you know, kind of the same guys you're looking at here is like but Najoku is still there. So how do you not take Najoku? Yeah, I'd say there's right around fi- I said 15 guys that are getting around I think have around first round value, which is it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I would agree. It's a great year to pick a, Pick you know the early second round. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go Deontay Foreman here. Um, another player I'm not crazy high on, uh, but the Texans landing spot has is intriguing. Um, Lamar Miller obviously did not meet up to expectations last year, um, and now the Texans have drafted Deontay Foreman to breathe some life into that offense. Uh, how do you think? How do you see this distribution going in in Houston, Brian? Well, I see Deontay Foreman still in goal line carries. I mean, I think once once Foreman gets his feet wet and gets kind of used to it, I could really see this being, you know, almost a series by series kind of switch, where and then Lamar Miller primarily handling the third downs. Okay, so uh, we're we're running a bit late, so let's just keep on moving on. Deontay Foreman two hundred four, Houston Texans a good landing spot. Um, obviously, big size, speed, back. I am obviously getting some early work with Houston. Brian two hundred five. Who are you taking? I am going to take Carlos Henderson. Carlos he Henderson, Louisiana he, Tech wide receiver, now with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, and I actually had to look to remember where he went. But I like this guy. We liked him pre-draft, and I think that's a pretty good spot there. I mean, Sanders is getting up there. Demarius Thomas is close to 30. He's still on, he's still on the right side of 30. But I think there, there's definitely a, a, an area for him to to succeed to succeed in the next couple of years if they can get that quarterback sit right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, Carlos Henderson to the Broncos is as good a landing spot as I feel you could have hoped for. Um, so I'm up at 206. I'm going to go ahead and take Taewon Taylor. Um, obviously, I've been all over Taewon Taylor all throughout this draft process, and uh, him being on the Titans, I feel like is a good it, it's a it's a good landing spot for me. Just because I feel like it signals um, sort of a changing of the guard in Tennessee, I think you're going to see. Uh, well, obviously the Corey Davis pick uh, should you know put fear into the mind of uh, a certain wide receiver. I won't I won't say names. Uh, Tajay Sharp, 
But um, you, you Corey Davis it. will almost certainly be given an immediate starting position. And I think Taewon Taylor will get a starting job sooner rather than later. Um, love what he brings to the table. Great wide receiver. Great pick by the Titans. Um, Brian, 207. So this is a guy that has fallen here a little bit, Curtis Samuel. And uh, this is just pure on upside, I think, because I'm not really sold on this landing position. Um you know he's not he's going to take that slot role I think, and uh, I think there's going to be some issues there. But he's got really high upside. He's another one of those guys that you can line up all over the field. So who knows really how they end up using him? It's it's kind of a question mark, but I think it's a good spot for him. You know, see how him and McCaffrey work. And if the reports are true that Kelvin Benjamin is weighing at 280 pounds, he may end up lining up on the outside because they're going to uh, switch Benjamin to playing some defensive tackle. Uh, Kelly Medjewich is going to retire and become an Eddie Lacy impersonator at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. I think we all know that's in the future. <laughs> if you're well, still on the Kelvin Benjamin hype train, you know, <laughs> do you, there's there's somebody on Twitter that's really on the, on the hype train. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like the the train the tracks are broken. The monster, the Yeti has torn apart the tracks. You're, you're hanging over the edge of the cliff, and you're still like, no, everything's going to turn out okay. We're going <laughs> to land on the ground. My wheels are going to be set. And I'm going to get my, to my destination safely and in the state that I want to be in. Yeah, there still are some Benjamin lovers out there. So if you've got Benjamin and you're tired of him, I bet you could find somebody to get you you know, an early second in this re- in this draft for it. Which... If, if Calvin Benjamin being overweight every single season doesn't throw up a red flag to you, then I don't, I don't know you... So real, What's real quick together. That's what that's what I want to say to you. If if you're not worried about Kelvin Benjamin always showing up overweight, let's play in a dynasty league together. So let, let's say real quick here. Yeah, this is more of a question for you though. So it, in, in some crazy world where you own Kelvin Benjamin on a dynasty league roster, and you're looking at this draft, what is the latest pick you would take in order to trade Kelvin Benjamin? Um. I'd probably deal Kelvin Benjamin for two. Well, I just took Taewon Taylor at two hundred six. Yeah, I mean, I to me, it's you know, it's that that drop off there at two hundred three to two. I mean, if you could get him for a second round pick there, that's an easy sell, I think. I mean, I'm you about to take Jamal Williams at two hundred eight. Probably would give him up for that anyway. Yeah. Brian, Jamal Williams two hundred eight. We spoiled that one there. Um, I mean, I'm just I'm tr- smooth transitioning, Brian. This is how it. We, how we're it trying goes. here. This is quality radio better. programming. We get better each time. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're getting some rhythm. I like to think yeah, so. Maybe we still so. suck. Maybe I don't know anything. Uh, that's anyway, what the reviews are for, guys. Hint, Jamal hint. Williams, love, love, love him on the Packers. I think this is my absolute favorite landing spot. Jamal Williams, I've said before, has the best vision of any running back in this draft. And the idea of him playing with Aaron Rodgers and seeing the lanes that he opens up, it's money in the bank. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm a, the only thing I'm going to touch on. I like Jamal Williams too. I like the signings about a lot. The only thing that I'm going to that worries me is that they did take a few running backs in this class. They took, they added Aaron Jones and I think Matt Days. I'm not, I don't really know who that guy is, but so they. I mean, they're definitely addressing the need. Plus, you still have Ty Montgomery there. Uh, I think Jamal Williams is probably the best talent. Aaron Jones is good, but different Devontae, skill sets. Devonte Mays. Devonte Mays. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know who that guy is. He's but, a uh, he's. He's a size speed freak. I think he weighs in like at two. I think it was two forty and ran run like runs like a four five. Yeah, whatever. Um, so I, he's a big body dude. Uh, you know, sort in sort of like the Derrick Henry vein, I guess. Um, yeah, 
but yeah, that that's my only really concern is that they brought in a lot there. So he he was the first one taking it, so it's always a good sign. So he's probably get the first crack at it. So like I said, I'm backing on Jamal Williams. I'm not worried. He like, he know he disappointed the combine a bit. Like I said, I'm backing on that vision. That's really what I love about Jamal Williams. I think that's what's going to make him successful at the NFL level, much like Jordan Howard did last season. Brian, yep. the, the fabled pick 209. Taking another guy that I took in our pre-draft draft, uh, running back James Conner. James so, Conner, now of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is another one I was like, man, now he's stuck behind Lev Bell. He's never going to see the field. But then you remember, okay, Bell's on a franchise tag here. If something happens, Bell gets hurt. Connor can get thrust into an every-down roll pretty quickly or even by next year. So I really like this landing spot behind him. Uh, who knows what happens with Le'Veon Bell next year to see where, where he goes. But at 209, I really like his size-speed combo. He was the best of those big backs in terms of receiving. So I really like where he's at right now. I think if, if James Conner gets thrust into an every-down role, I, I, I fear for the Steelers' playoff hopes. I'll just say that. Um, I don't I don't know, but... Uh, well, I, think, I, would, I, don't, I, would I don't think you're that. wrong. Because I, I think he's better, leaps and bounds better than Fitzgerald Toussaint. Right. Who's the next back on the roster. So I wouldn't say that if Le'Veon Bell goes down, you really need to have Fitzgerald Toussaint in the, on there on third downs. Um so I think he does become an every-down role, but I, like I said, I don't think obviously doesn't bring what, to the game what Le'Veon Bell does, especially to that offense. Even no, um, he'd be, right? There's obviously a big drop-off in talent between James Conner and Le'Veon Bell. My kind of thought there is that I think the offensive line is good enough that the, they can make holes big enough for him. I mean, Le'Veon Bell makes so much with that patience. I think that the line is good enough for him to be, you know, still a, a mid mid to high RB two if something would happen to Bell this year. And James Conner may even see some immediate work as like a goal line or short yardage back, so obviously some value there. Absolutely. Um, so moving on uh, into end of the second round, picking at two ten, I am going to go ahead and select Joe Williams. Uh, he had another good good landing spot. Joe Williams. Uh, did you see the report? Apparently. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was banging the table for it to, for the 49ers to pick Joe Williams. He was evidently off their board due to off the field or injury concerns. I'm not sure which one. Um, but he was apparently off the 49ers board. Um, but Shanahan said, no, this is my guy. I want him. Um, another landing spot I absolutely love. I think Joe Williams uh, has immediate PPR value. Um, I think he immediately starts taking carries from Carlos Hyde, and I think as time goes on, Joe Williams becomes the superior back in that backfield sooner rather than later, certainly. Yeah, I mean, definitely one of the better landing spots you can find, especially for a mid-round running back pick. Uh, my only concern there is there's there's a lot of running backs. They added Tim Hightower to the mix this offseason, obviously of Carlos Hyde. You're gonna t- yeah. Did you just say Tim Hightower is a threat? I, I mean, it, it, he was a threat in in the Saints. He was fantasy relevant last year. So he's in the Saints offense. I, I mean, Brian, <laughs> obviously, the, uh, Brian, the Saints not to insult you or anything, but I could slap you in a Saints uniform with Drew Brees, and you'd probably be a fantasy producer. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. I, I, I might. Lance Moore was never mind. Anyway, uh, Joe Williams at two ten. Um, these are middle. Like Jamal Williams and Joe Williams are both guys that I was looking for in the third round. Now, with good landing spots, I feel confident taking them in the second round as that's how I have them graded. Yeah, these are both guys that really benefit from having really, really good landing spots. And I'm being a little bold here. These are picks that I think I don't think there's any chance Jamal Williams and Joe Williams go at a P. Ryan in, in almost any uh, rookie mocks. And rookie drafts, I think Marlon Mack and 
uh, Jeremy McNichols or other backs you probably would see taken ahead of these two. Um, these, yes, these are guys that I like, so I, you know, going bold. Yeah, t- you gotta take your guy. So, uh, I'm up next year, right? Yep, Brian's so, up at two eleven. So, well, you mentioned Samaje, and you know, I thought, oh, for the for the, for the sake of this draft, you know, in terms of evening it out, I'm gonna take him. I for all the hate that I've I've given out this offseason, I, I can't touch him. I, I can't do it. I won't. I won't do it. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is is a great position with the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, ex- um, and that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm looking at. You know, the reason I'm taking him there. You know, we don't talk about landing spot a lot, but we both kind of like Marlon Mack. You liked him more than I did, but I think at this point, the landing spot there, Frank Gore. He's what fifty, sixty. He, you know, he goes to the early bird specials after the one o'clock games, and you know he's in bed by six. He so to his favorite radio radio program every night. <laughs> Jet said radio he talks about pussy. He makes his own beef jerky. He shits with the door <laughs> he open. The door open. Oh Jesus! But yeah, I, this this is one of those spots where the landing spot kind of jumped him up for me. This is a guy, like you said, you probably can get in the third round, but uh, I kind of like the push here. Yeah, and I don't dis- I don't disagree with it. I like Marlon Mack, uh, especially uh, for his receiving ability. Um, I thought he bounced runs outside too often a little bit um, in college, um, but obviously, depending on how you always trying to make something out of nothing, I can be taken bad or good depending on who you are and you know what uh, aspect you're applying it. So at two twelve, Brian, um, I could take Samaj P. Ryan. However, I took John Rossi in the first round, so I- I'm tired of you know making other people's picks. They want me to quit. Don't you? You can't censor me. Don't uh, tell me what to do. Amara Darbo, wide receiver. Ah uh, man, that's what I was gonna take three one. I yeah, known. fuck you. Damn it, you son of a bitch. Fuck hashtag fuck Brian. Um, Amara Darbo obviously to the Seattle Seahawks adds an immediate threat that they've been lacking uh, for quite some time. Um, we're tired of Jermaine Curtis on the outside. Tyler Lockett couldn't stay healthy last year. I think Amar Darbo could immediately slot in and become an impact player for this Seattle offense with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You gotta love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the spot there too. I think he's really gonna make a, a name for himself aside from Doug Baldwin. I think Tyler Lockett still has a role there because I'm a Tyler Lockett believer. And I think that they have different skill sets, but uh, so I think they'll, they'll be complementary to each other. So I really, yeah, I like the spot too. My only concern, is, as always, is that offensive line. Can they fix that up enough to where they can keep Russell Wilson upright so they can keep the running game in check? And, uh, but yeah, I, I, I like the spot. Okay, so we have the third round. Um, so initially we were considering doing four. Um, so I feel like there's a couple ways we can go about this, Brian. Uh, so we could either do, we could either speed round through round three try and get it all done in let's say i don't know two minutes that's Ooh, my that's ringtone. fast that's um, fast so we could try and do a speed round of it uh or we could just say we'll do three and four next week um and just you know focus deeper on the back half of the draft which well, i think might be beneficial that's not i mean we kind I of think we don't want to sh- we don't want to short the people what they need so i think we need to give we need to dedicate an episode to those two rounds I was going to suggest maybe we talk about a couple players here that have kind of fallen off our boards maybe because of landing spots, guys that we were iffy on. I know we talk about that landing spot doesn't make or break a player, 
But I mean, if there's I think anybody, spots here, more for me make a difference as to the players already on the roster than it does the rookie. Um, which, if that's what you're talking about, yeah, I'm all for that. Um, but anyway, I just want to recap the second round real quick. Um, so, in order, round two went Alvin Kamara, Evan Ingram, David Njoku, Deontay Foreman, Carlos Henderson, Taewon Taylor, Curtis Samuel, Jamal Williams, James Conher, Joe Williams, Marlon Mack, and Amare Darbo. I don't know why I just started mispronouncing stuff. I'm I'm funny like that. You're hilarious. I'm tired. I need sleep. You had a big day today, huh? I had a big day today. <laughs> did you ever tell Did you ever tell that story on the podcast? <laughs> I don't think I have. Well, first off, I mean, do you want to admit that you saw Fifty Shades of Grey in theaters? Uh, I, I guess I don't have a choice now. Brian so. saw Fifty Shades of Grey in theaters, guys. Yeah, my girlfriend took me to it on Valentine's Day, the opening day of it. Because nothing's more romantic than watching porn together. (laughs) You said it, not me. Uh, Nothing like setting the mood. But so yeah, so it was it was the opening day because it came out on Valentine's Day, whenever it came out, two three years ago. And we we went to the the theater, and it was it was a packed theater. And uh, you know, we're sitting there, and I'm like, do we really have to go see this? Like, let's go see something else. No, okay, all right, worry about tickets. So we're going in. It's going through, you know, whatever, this movie's shit, blah, blah, blah. Oh, look, boobs, whatever. So then it comes to the part where she goes into the, the room, the, you know, the dark room, whatever, and they do the, the dirty stuff. I can't say and I the story at all. So anyway, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter. I, I'm just, uh, you know, they, they do the the bondage crap and all that stupid shit. And she's clearly like passed out, you know, from hopefully exhaustion. And he's kind of fireman carrying her out of out of the room into the bedroom, and he rather you know it's it's completely silent. There's no music going on. It's just it's just like okay, this is recapping what just happened. Like take it in for a second. Complete silence in the entire place. And I I didn't mean to say it this loud, but I leaned over to my girlfriend and I just went, she had a big day today, and it it, it echoed a little louder than I thought it would. And a good portion of the theater started busting out laughing. <laughs> so <laughs> that's like remember whenever uh, I remember when we first saw the very first Ted movie. So it was like <laughs> yeah. ages ago, ages ago. Anyway, okay, so um, so the movie starts with like uh, like oh it's summer and it, it's Christmas in Boston, and uh, all the kids are gathering together to be at the Jewish kids in the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> see, there's a bunch of kids beating up the Jewish kid, obviously, and then uh, young Mark Wahlberg comes up. Hey, can I play? And all the kids are like, "No, get out of here, you weirdo!" And even the Jewish kids like, "Yeah, you nerd, you, you can't play with us." And then the kids continue to beat the shit out of the Jewish kid, um, you know, because history. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> an hour and a half passes. We're, this is like opening night for this movie. We're sitting in the movie theater. Uh, and obviously at the end of the first Ted movie gets sad. Um, Ted momentarily dies. Spoiler alert. I was going to say spoiler said, alert. Spoiler. Um, and so it's like quiet in the theater. This is probably the one point where everybody isn't laughing. The one point where there's no jokes. Um, it, t- t- Mark Wahlberg is crying. That's how you know it's a serious moment. There's tears <laughs> on Mark Wahlberg's face. We're not fucking around. My cousin Raymond whispers to me and Brian, remember when they were beating up the Jewish kid? (laughs) And as Mark Wahlberg is burying his soul on the screen, Brian and I burst out laughing. 
Uh, and as I'm laughing, I hear the people behind me saying, this isn't even a funny part of the movie. <laughs> oh, man. That was one of the best things that ever happened in our group. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I still feel, like, I don't know. I still think about that. Cause it just if the people ha- if I hadn't heard them say this is even a funny part, I probably wouldn't remember it as much. But because people were like, why the fuck are these retards laughing? Oh, that's yeah. what sticks with me. We, yeah, I mean, if we were laughing audibly, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a guarded chuckle or, you know, a, a quieted snicker. It was a it was a belly wrenching laugh. And that same night, we actually uh, we found <laughs> this was obviously May when this movie came out. We found a two week old bottle of chocolate milk in Brian's car. Was that that same week? I don't that remember that. Was that same exact night? And so uh, yeah, and so uh, our co- my cousin also thought it would be funny to empty that in the parking lot. And uh, it smelled atrocious, as you would it's, expect. Hot. It's funny. I don't even drink milk. I don't drink milk. So like. I don't know where that came from. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't milk. Uh, it was then. Um, I, I was trying to imply that Brian drinks cum, but I couldn't think of a clever enough way to convey it over the microphone. Anyway, so next week uh, we will finish this mock draft with rounds three and four. Um, should we? Do you, uh, we? I recap the picks. Um, and obviously, you can view the entire draft. Uh, what we've done so far at jetsetdynasty.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Jetset Dynasty. Send any questions, concerns you have to jetsetdynasty at gmail.com. Oh, we forgot to plug Wednesday Night Live. Wednesday Night Live tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow night. Don't forget. Yeah, we uh, Brian and I do a live chat every Wednesday night. Um, it's on our Discord server. Link is on jetsetdynasty.com as well as our Twitter. Um, join us. You know, ask uh, questions. Just chat with us. Talk about uh, spoiled milk, taking shits, making beef jerky. Um you know, meat, woodworking, that sort of thing. Yeah, we're, we're men. We we do manly things, right? Yeah, I'm I'm manly like seventy five percent of the time. Uh, I don't know what you do twenty five percent of the time, but I mean, I'm pre op. See, anyway, guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Uh, but bye. That, is that a good sign off? Bye. Yeah, bye. Just, just it's like the awkward hang up. Just. I don't know. Is is there something else I should say? Uh, uh, well, fuck you, San Diego. Is that uh, that's the thing, right? Uh, I think it's go fuck yourself, San Diego. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. That's right. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. This is the Dynasty Happy Hour Podcast Network.